This program is brought to you by Bible Media, overseen by the elders of the Chipman Road Church of Christ in Lee Summit, Missouri. Thank you for joining us today here on Coffee with Zach and Russ. Hello again. We do want to welcome you back to Coffee with Zach and Russ here on Bible Media. Uh, this, uh, no, Zach and I both are instructors for the Online Academy of Biblical Studies, and I'm going to give a we call it a shameless plug because I'm good. <laughs> um, but OEBS does begin its spring semester January 6th, um, and enrollment is open. We probably will be extending our enrollment period a week or two. We um, there's always those who come in a little bit later, and so we're going to extend that probably for a week or two to allow more to, to join our, our classes. But I would encourage you to jump over to oabs.org and to enroll in our classes, one or all that you would like. Uh, we meet every Saturday, um, those classes, and so there is no tuition. The books are either discounted. In many cases, uh, they're actually free and available free online for things that we use. And so uh, there's really not a good reason not to join us. And so I do encourage you to go over to oebs.org and to check us out and email us with any questions that you may have. Our topic today is one that should not be controversial. I was teaching this class on Sunday morning and um, I see, you know, here's the topic that's very controversial and I was joking around. I went to click and the clicker didn't work and the clicker was turned off. And so I lost what little dramatic, uh, uh, slide change I was going to do there. <laughs> I thought, well, of course. Uh, anyway, but our topic today is God loves you. You know, when I when I think about that, there was a time when when that uh, kind of a little bit ashamed to say that if I heard someone do a topic and announce their sermon, they say, you know, today we're going to talk about how God loves you. I would think, oh, here we go, a little powder puff sermon. You know, that's why that's what I used to call. Uh, lessons I didn't think were very, very challenging or, or uh, you know, didn't really call people to repent it, so to speak. I call it a powder puff, uh, you know, kind of a weak snowflake type of lesson. Well, this lesson on God loving us is not that way. I think, in fact, I'm really convinced in many ways that we forget, especially during difficult times and stressful times, that God does uh, does love us. And that should be a extremely reassuring fact that gets us through whatever challenging time we may be facing. And uh, before I just continue on and on, and on, I do want to bring up just one verse, and then I'm gonna let Zach um, uh, jump in here. But Deuteronomy chapter seven, Deuteronomy chapter seven. Well, I was doing this class on Sunday, and I brought this verse up, and then. During the sermon, Brother Goring got up and do his lesson. He said, "No, Russ brought up the same verse I was going to bring up. It was Deuteronomy seven, seven and eight. Um, and I think someone else said they had they were discussing this verse in their Bible class. So it was a very popular verse that day. But if we look at Deuteronomy seven, verses seven and eight. To me, this is so very encouraging, as he tells us here: The Lord did not set His love on you, nor choose you, because you are more in number than any other people." This is a reference here. He's talking about the people of Israel, the people he had brought out of bondage out of Egypt. And he's telling them that he did not choose them because they were a large, massive amount of people. He says, for you were, there in verse 7, for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And what I have highlighted here in verse 8 is that phrase, because the Lord loves you, 
because he would keep his oath, which he swore to your fathers, which tells us God loves us and God is one who keeps his word. Go ahead, Brother Zach. You know, I think about this topic. God loves you. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you you mentioned powder puff sermons. Well, I, I think about God loves you. I think about that song that we sometimes uh, sing. We teach our children, Jesus loves you. Well, that song teaches us, Jesus loves me, this I know why. For the Bible tells me so. I get, I get to thinking about the love of God. And, and just stay with me for just a second. You know, in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 20, one of the things that verse tells us is that God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. God knows everything. And you get to thinking about the love of God. Now, I'm convinced in the study that I've done, Russ, and you know, you could take this for what you've done, that we as human beings can't fully understand the love of God. You know, you mentioned that passage in Deuteronomy. Uh, God did not choose them because they are great people. He chose them and did what he did because he loved them. Think about the love of God here for just a moment. God who knows all things. He knows uh, everything that man was ever going to do. And so he knows that Adam and Eve are going to sin in the garden. He knows as the Hebrew writer would say, that the blood of bulls and goats could never take away our sins. He knows, as Peter would say, that the only thing that can redeem us from our sins is the precious blood of Christ. God knows all of that. But he loves you. He loves me so much that he created us anyway. Now think about that. He knows that he's going to have to send his son to this earth. His son is going to have to put on flesh. His son is going to have to go to the cross and endure everything uh, that had to be done on the cross. And yet he created us anyway. God loves us. And that's something that, that we need to remember as we go throughout our lives. As sometimes things get hard, things don't always go our way. God loves us. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, you mentioned OABS. I'll give you another shameless plug for OABS. I teach the book of Ezekiel and Daniel, and therefore uh, I love those books. And, and I love the book of Daniel. And even within the book of Daniel, you think about Daniel, who when he was a young boy, uh, was taken from his home, uh, taken into Babylonian captivity, went through uh, really some pretty crazy things. In chapter one, he's placed into the care of the chief of the eunuchs. Now, I'll let you uh, figure out what that means happened to Daniel and his three friends. But you have that in Daniel chapter one. Uh, you have in Daniel chapter 2, uh, because of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, you have the threat of all them individuals being killed. In Daniel chapter 3, you have uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah uh, going through the fiery furnace. Daniel chapter 6, you have Daniel going uh, to the lions, and you have all this adversity going on in these individuals' lives. But yet, because they knew about God, they knew the love that God had for them. They're able to stand faithful. It's why Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are able to say to King Nebuchadnezzar, hey, we don't care what you do. We're not bowing down before you because we serve a God. 
That's why Daniel in Daniel chapter 6 is able to get down on his knees and pray to God because he knows what he needs to do to be faithful to God, but also he knows that God loves him and that God is going to provide for him. You know, and you think about that idea of God caring for us and providing for us. And what we have to remember, at least in my mind, is that we cannot get past Genesis 1 and 2 without seeing the love of God. I mean, you think about how God spent six days creating everything. And the purpose was, it was designed, a place designed on earth that was going to be temporary in nature, yes, temporary, but yet here we are still thousands of years later and the earth continues just as God would like for it to continue. But he designed a place that would that would provide for us and shield us and do all, give us all the things we, we need in this life. And he did all that. Why? Because he loves us. You know, you don't put forth that type of effort. If you love, if you don't love someone, if you care nothing about someone, the last thing you do is put an effort for that person. And when God creates all living, all things in six days, in six days, which in of itself, I mean, man can have, man has spent lifetimes trying to create things and has failed. We can create artificial things all the time, but to create something from nothing that grows out of the ground, only God possesses that power and that ability. Um, and so for him to do all that in six days, because its purpose was its, its primary purpose, at least in my mind was it was to provide things for us. In fact, if you look at Genesis chapter, uh, chapter three, and I'm getting ahead of myself here in, in my notes, but uh, Genesis chapter um not chapter three, but if you look at Genesis chapter one and two, you'll find there that he created all those things and that man would have dominion over it and man would have, uh, God has given to man every herb that yields fruit and all those types of things over and over again there in Genesis one and two for us. And so you can't get out of the creation account without seeing how much God loves us. And another thing we can see when we look at examples in the Bible where God has protected the faithful you cannot look at those things honestly without without seeing that God loves those individuals. You know, Daniel in Daniel chapter 6 with the lion and being cast in the den of lions. What's interesting to me is Daniel, to me, very calmly defies the king and obeys God. And he does so without pro, without a giant protest, so to speak. You know, he when he hears the decree of the king, the Bible tells us he goes home. He goes home. Uh, but what does he do? He goes home and he opens up his windows and he prays to God as if nothing had changed. Because in Daniel's mind, it hadn't. What the sure. king said regarding, regarding you know, beseeching no one else but him, whatever king, he totally ignored it and obeyed God, which is what we are supposed to do. He therefore was cast in that den of lions. And the lions on that occasion did not do what lions by nature do by nature they would kill and eat uh, Daniel. But if you look at Daniel chapter six, let me get over there. I say that and I'm not over there yet. But if you look at Daniel chapter six, and we find when he is um, asked about this in Daniel six and verse twenty two. Um, the Bible tells us in verse 21 that, um, in verse 20 rather, that uh, the king rushes down to Daniel and the king spoke to Daniel. Then verse 20, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually, which tells us 
how well known Daniel was for his faith, right. uh, uh, been able to deliver you from the lions. Verse 21, was he shout back, O king, live forever. <laughs> what I mean, that's you know, that's how Daniel and others would address kings before they tell them the not say before they tell them the, the, the real matter regarding whatever it was, they'd say, O king, live forever. And then they would tell them either they're gonna obey him or not. Uh when they came to when those who came to, to King Nebuchadnezzar the first time wanted him to create this decree, the first thing they said was, O king, live forever. And now here Daniel says, O king, live forever. And then he says in verse 22, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so they have not hurt me. Things which should not happen, happened. Why? Because God loved Daniel. And I think you see why in the words of the king himself back in verse 20. It's when he says, whom you serve continually. God loves mankind, but he loves his faithful. You might say he has a special and different kind of love for those who love him. And so as a Christian, we can see and should be reminded that God loves us. And he loves us in a way that non-Christians will never fully understand. Go ahead, Brother Zach. That's right. And, you know, you used... Uh, you use Daniel as an example of how God has showed his love. And, you know, he did He did the same thing in the New Testament, did he not? I mean, you could pick several events uh, within the New Testament that shows God showing his love. But you, you think about it even more because you mentioned uh, the first one of the things you were mentioning there was that God spent six days creating the earth for who? For mankind, what does God gain by creating the earth? Nothing. He gains nothing from creating the earth. But who does the earth, who benefits from the earth? You do. I do. Mankind does. God loves us so much that he created an entire world, an entire universe. That's for us. And you can even see how God reacts to mankind when mankind doesn't appreciate what he has done for him. And in in, uh, Genesis chapter six, when the thoughts of man were only evil continually, when man has rejected the love of God, what does it say? It grieved God in his heart. And God was, uh, God was sad. If you want to say that, that man had rejected him. But that doesn't stop God from loving us. It doesn't stop God for from providing a way for the faithful. It doesn't stop God pro, from providing a way for those that do love him. Yes, the entire world was only evil continually, and God grieved in his heart, and he was going to destroy them. But there was a man by the name of Noah and his family And God loved them so much that what did he do? Okay, Noah, you found grace. Here's the ark. This is what you need to do. Go build it, and you'll be saved. God provided a way. God's love provided a way for mankind to be saved. Well, you know, God's love provides a way for mankind to be saved today. When you talk about the love of God, you have to talk about John chapter 3 and verse 16, right? For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. In other words, God provides a way for mankind to be saved, even when even maybe when mankind 
doesn't quite deserve that love. And I, I'll give you an example. You can go over to Romans chapter 5. I'm sure we're going to hit these verses a little bit later. But there's just a couple of verses with a couple of words that I want to show you. We're not even going to read the entire verse. But notice what some of these words are. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6. For when we, mankind, were yet without strength. You go down to verse number 8. While we, mankind, were yet sinners. You go down to verse number 10. When we, mankind, were enemies. So here he's talking about those that have no strength, those that are sinners, those that are enemies of God. And we'll look at this in more detail here in a little bit, I'm sure. But in each of those verses, God is demonstrating his love because he provides a way for mankind to be able to come back. God desires for all men uh, to be saved. I'm mindful of, uh, well, a couple passages. Uh, Second Peter. Oh, trying to get my Bible to work here. You got to get, you know, technology is great when it works. <laughs> yeah. You think about Second uh, Peter chapter three and verse number nine. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering uh, to, uh, to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Notice that God wants all men uh, to come to repentance, but also He would say in. Uh, the book of First Timothy, chapter 2 and verse number 4, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. And then I couple all those passages uh, with Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unprovable in his sight. And so God provides the way for man to be saved because he wants all men to be saved because John chapter 3 and verse 16 is true. God does love the whole world. And he made it possible for the world to be saved. The question is, what do we do with that love? What do we do with the opportunity that God has provided us? You know, and you raise a great question. What do we do with that? What do we do with that? You know, I think about how we fail to realize that mankind is not nearly as loyal to God as God is to mankind. You know, Zach mentioned, I was going to talk about this, but I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead to our next point. But we do find examples, before I move on too quickly here, of God's love in the New Testament. And we and that's very clear. Like you mentioned John 3.16, and there in Romans uh, and 5 as well, which we'll come back to a little bit later. But we think about how man in the very beginning really betrayed God very, very quickly, at least in my mind, after creation. You look at Genesis chapter 3. Look at Genesis chapter 3, look at verse 6. And we find here uh, these words. The Bible says, so, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable, desirable to make one wise, she took, a, took of its fruit and ate. She also gave her husband with her, and he ate. Now, if you back up for just a moment, if you back up to, oh, I should have bookmarked this earlier. 
Um, I think it's at the end of chapter one, actually. Um, yes, chapter Genesis chapter one and verses twenty nine and thirty. Uh, it is on my outline there, isn't it? All I had to do was look at it. Genesis 1, 29 and 30 says here, And God said, See, I have given you, that's he's speaking to Adam. Now, of course, this would apply to Eve as well. I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields its seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. It means I have given you everything on the face of the earth for you. Except one thing, right? Don't touch the fruit of that one tree. You know, mankind has, in many ways, and don't misunderstand me, I'm not saying mankind is predestined to be rebellious, but we have a streak of rebellion running through us throughout history, don't we? And we look at judges, and we find one of the most common phrases is, uh, Israel uh, did was, you know, Israel you know, rebelled against God. And we find the phrase that everyone did was right in their own eyes, right? Uh we find that phrase throughout Judges. That's why we read about the various Judges, because Israel could not remain faithful to God, not for very long, so it would seem. Um, so we look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6, what do you find? They have betrayed God. You know, in all reality, I think that's what sin is in so many ways. It's a betrayal of God. You know, if you do something against someone, if you if you uh, sin against them, I think at least in some way you have betrayed them, haven't you? Uh, you have you have hurt them. You brought them, uh, caused them disappointment, caused them hurt, whatever it is. Uh, no matter what you have done, you have betrayed them in some way. And so, when we sin against God, we are betraying Him. You go back to Genesis again, Genesis one twenty nine and thirty. What has God told them? I've given you everything that you need. But Adam and Eve decided in Genesis chapter chapter three verse six, you haven't given up given us enough, because they're able to be deceived by the, of course the greatest deceiver of all time, Satan himself. Um, you know when things are going good, Satan is going to come along to try to wreck it. That's that's his you know uh, style so to speak. You know happiness is something that can't it cannot last. He won't he won't allow it. And but well, in all reality, if they had rejected Satan there in Genesis. They had told him, no, we're not listening to you. God has given us everything we need. God has told us, you know, not to touch the fruit of this tree, not to go near this tree. And so we're not going to. They knew the command. They repeat the command. But then Satan repeats it just with one word, right? He, he changes one word. And so, but they knew what the truth of the matter was. And my point is this, is man betrays God. But God has never once betrayed man. When God changes attitude towards man, it's only because man has sinned against God by being disobedient in some way. And so God's love is for is always available to us. But us being able to enjoy that love that God provides uh, provides us is conditional upon us not betraying Him. You know, I brought this point out on Sunday morning. I know Zach has heard me talk about this before, but. Nothing, everything in the Bible is conditional. Every single thing. There is nothing you point to and say, well, God's love is unconditional. Well, God's love is always there for us. But doesn't mean we get to enjoy God's love, you know? Doesn't mean we get to enjoy the blessing, I should say, that come with the love of God. God loves mankind. The Bible tells us, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, who believes in it should not perish with everlasting life. 
But who gets to experience that love? Those who obey him. Just because God loves us doesn't mean we actually get to experience and enjoy those blessings. And so we have to remember everything is conditional. Now, I've been preaching long enough, so I'm going to stop there. <laughs> and that brother Zach had anything you'd like. You know, you, you brought up an interesting point that when man sins, he betrays God. And, you know, I think about in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 59. And really, when you look at the context of Isaiah as he's building up to that particular chapter, you have individuals in Israel that feel that God has abandoned them. You know, all these terrible things are happening to us. Uh, God has abandoned us. And Isaiah says the record straight. Listen, he says it has nothing to do with God's ability. It, God's hand has not been shortened. Uh, he, he's not, it has nothing to do with God's ability. It has to do with the fact that you have left God. As a matter of fact, Isaiah chapter 59 says that their sins, uh, their iniquities had separated them from God. And so, therefore, they were being punished. And it got me thinking. The proverb writer says something very interesting in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 24. And sometimes we don't think about God's love in this way. But it is this way. Proverbs 13, verse number 24, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him sometimes or bedtimes. And so you think about that. You know, the love of God doesn't change. How God shows us that love sometimes changes, you know, because sometimes there's things that happen in our lives that maybe we don't like. Maybe we don't think it's fair, but, you know, sometimes maybe they're happening because we need to be disciplined, right? And I'm not trying to get into discipline, but, you know, the world completely misunderstands discipline. Discipline is not that I hate you. No, discipline is I love you and I'm trying to help you. And so sometimes God, through love, disciplines his children. But, you know, there are other ways that, you know, God has shown uh, his love. And, you know, you, you think about, man, I think about, you know, obviously several ways in the Old Testament he showed his love. Uh, obviously, there's several ways in the New Testament uh, that God has shown his love. Um, you know, sometimes men debate over silly things. You know, what's the greatest thing that God has ever done? Well, you know, sending his son, and then someone will say, well, you know, if we didn't have the written word, then we wouldn't know that God sent his son. And so I don't want to say this is the greatest thing uh, that God has certainly done for us, because I would never want to put that up against the sacrifice of his son. But you think about the written word. Where would we be without the written word? God showed his love by giving us the Bible. You think about Romans chapter 1 and verse number 20, and the premise of Romans chapter 1 and verse number 20 is I can look at the creation, the thing that God did for mankind, and I can know that God exists, but it can't tell me the will of God. But God can give the written word which reveals his will. Look over at, uh, for those that are following along, I, I get preachy here, so 
Russell had to, you know, cut me off. But look there at First John chapter two and verse number five. But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we. Uh, are in him. And so you think about that. The word of God is perfected in him. We can know the love of God by the word of God. But, you know, not only can we know God's love through the word, that's a way that we can show our love back to God. John chapter 14, verse number 15. Uh, If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. John chapter 15, verse number 14. You are a friend if you do whatsoever I command thee. And so, we see the love of God in the written word and the fact that he has recorded for us uh, the entire redemptive plan of salvation. And then, of course, we can show our love back to God by being obedient to it. You know, I heard this. This is an original to me, but I don't remember who said it. So uh, somebody gets the credit, but it's not mine. But, you know, you think about Jesus. He came to this earth and gave his physical life for you and me, showing his love. The very least that we can do is give our life back to him, showing him that we love him. Yeah. You know, in in your eye, that's the least that we can do. In fact, Romans tells us, uh, you know, it is our, uh, we represent our bodies to him as a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service, right? It's reasonable. I like that. I like the phrase there, reasonable, uh, because there are a lot of things today that when we talk to people about the Bible, what it means to be obedient, some will act as if what, what God requires of them is unreasonable. Friends, John 3.16 tells us about how God sent his son to die on the cross and to basically be tortured to the point of death. I mean, when you look at the cross, it's torture. The, the, the scourging beforehand, the beating that they left him alive just enough so he'd go to the cross and be nailed to it. I mean, he was so weak he couldn't carry his own cross. Do we forget those things? Um, you know, the amount of blood that he lost, the, uh, the taunting he endured while going to the cross, taunting he endured while on the cross, the, the, um, arrogance and the pride and the trash talk he heard while he was doing God's will on the earth, preaching and teaching all the things he heard. Uh, And we think that what God requires of us is unreasonable. We need to wake up because what's unreasonable is to look at God's word and say, that's too much. I'm not going to do it, but I still want to go to heaven. That to me is unreasonable to say, I can't come and worship God on Sunday because I'm too tired. It's unreasonable. But by the way, I'm still going to go to heaven. Um, show me where that is in the Bible, because that's unreasonable to expect God to just usher us in when he is not first in our lives. That's unreasonable. It's, uh, it's illogical. If we look at Romans chapter five, if we don't talk about how much God loves us. I mean, there's so many verses that we've already mentioned so many. We could go on and on. But Romans five and verse eight tells us what God demonstrates his own love toward us. That, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, we sometimes do things for people who are ungrateful. I could give you more examples than I'm happy, than, than what I'd really like to give. But, you know, I have done things for people in the past. And I'm sure I'm not alone. To only have them be ungrateful. I've literally helped people go to the hospital who been very ill, only to have them talk bad about me within two weeks later. And if that's not hurtful, I don't, I'm not sure what is, but 
and being ungrateful. But if you look at Romans 5, God tells us that God that Christ died on the cross for sinners who had not yet, you know, for those who would not may not have may not have yet obeyed the gospel, and for those who never would. He still loves them, but they just won't ever get to enjoy his love. Why? Because they're disobedient, they're ungrateful. To me, a unbelieving a person who has who has uh, not obeyed God, not obeyed God's word, to me they are, in a spiritual sense, ungrateful. Because I don't know how you could 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 explain to me in a logical way how it's okay to be unfaithful to God. I don't see that. Or to act as if God has not been enough for us. I think in many ways today, I'm going to get off on a tangent here if I'm not careful, but <laughs> I think in many ways today we act, act as if God hasn't done enough for us. What else could he do? That's right. You know, I think some people think that God's going to take our hand and carry us kicking and screaming all the way to the gates into heaven. Friends, if you don't want to be there, don't worry, you won't be. Right. And if you don't want to worship God here on earth, why would you want to spend it worshiping? Why would you want to spend eternity worshiping God? I mean, that's the logic of it. I, I don't understand it. And we, when we start thinking about these things, say, you know what? I have been acting in these ways. I have been doing these things. And we can either we either have two choices: get mad about it, bury our head in the sand, and keep doing what we're doing, and never see heaven. Or we can change our hearts, change our minds, obey God, and rest assured that heaven is waiting for us because we did change. You know, God's love is about, in many ways, opportunities. And he gives us opportunities to obey. Now, that's going to be my final comments. I'm going to let Brother Zach add anything he likes because I know we're way over time. I never started a timer, so you get what you get from us today. So go ahead. Well, let me just simply say amen to, to the various things that you said. You know, one of the things um, as a preacher that you sometimes struggle with, as you well know, is how do we help motivate people to do what's right? You know, every every congregation that I've ever been a part of, been a member of, there's always this struggle where you have uh, what I call your Sunday morning only crowd. And then you have those that come back on Sunday night and Wednesday night. And for a long time, I have struggled. Well, how do we how do we get people to come back? And finally, it dawned on me. You got to get them to love God first. And people like you're saying if I don't come back on Sunday night, I don't love God. That's exactly what I'm saying. Actions speak louder than words. And God said we should be assembled with the saint. We should make friends uh, with God's children. We should be where those of like precious faith are being. And oftentimes people are saying, well, I'd rather watch a football game. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do that. Okay. What if Jesus said, well, I'd rather do anything but the cross. You know what? He did say that. Remember in the garden? He said, if there's any other way, let's do that. Okay, there's not another way, then I'm going to the cross. Well, it's the same way. If we love God, that's what we do. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Really quickly, uh, because this is a good point. Without God's love, we cannot be rescued from the price of our sins. You know, you always look at Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death. And oftentimes we stop there and we do ourselves an injustice when we stop there. Yes, the wages of sin is death. But what's the rest of that verse say? The gift of God is life eternal. Gifts are given out of love. And it was the love of God that sent Jesus to the cross.
It was the love of God that kept Jesus on the cross. You know, sometimes we sing that song, he could have called 10,000 angels. I tell the folks at Olathe all the time, I said, every time we sing that song, I'm always thinking in my mind, I'm thankful that he didn't. Mm -hmm. He had the ability, but because of the love that he had for us, he didn't. And so if we've proved nothing else from this podcast today, hopefully you understand that God loves you. But I want to end at least my part on this podcast by simply asking a question. Knowing that God loves you, examining some of the scriptures that we've looked at today, showing that God loves you. If you're listening to this podcast, what are you going to do in response to that love? I want to thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. Thank you, Brother Zach. And you made a good point. I'll make one more comment because that's what preachers do. We make one more comment to where 30 minutes later. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that God could have done for us that he, or could have done that he didn't. You know, I think about the number of times uh, we read about how, you know, the, a writer may say something to the effect, uh, do not chasten me in your anger because they know the power of God, right? I mean, Nadab and Abihu there in the Old Testament, you know, being killed on the spot. And we go to New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira being killed on the spot. And I think about Paul, who or Saul, rather, who meet, he met Christ in the road to Damascus. I think he knew full well what God could have done that day. I think he did. But he didn't. And so that should encourage us to think more deeply about the love of God. And when we do that, we'll be far better off, and God will be much more much more likely to be pleased with us. We're going to stop for today. We do thank you for joining us here on Coffee with Zach and Russ. We hope you have, encur- you have been encouraged by this lesson, and we do hope you will share it with others. And we will see you next time. We thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Byway Media by visiting us at bywaymedia.org. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.